Hello, and welcome to episode 6 of Modulation. This is a music discovery podcast. Each fortnight, we delve into the latest music releases and handpick our favourites to recommend and discuss. You may wish to listen to the albums yourselves before hearing us talk about them, in which case you can find a full list of the albums that we will be talking about on our website, www.modulat.io. On this episode, we will be discussing the new Tropical Fuckstorm release, Deep States, The Bugs' latest project, Fire, Men I Trust's new album, Untourable Album, and the new EP from Serpent Column, Catarsis. As always, I will include links to the albums in the show notes and on our website. You can also find us on Twitter at modulat underscore io. My name is Harry, and I'm joined on the mic by Evan. Hello. Wow, it's been it's been ages. Like, it's been way too long. Um, <laughs> it's good to be back, though. It's really good to be back. And we've got, like, some, I don't know, at least from my perspective, some really good releases to talk about. Uh, yeah absolutely it's uh you know we're sort of we're all covid free now and uh and we've actually had a chance to listen to some things rather than being uh miserable all the time so <laughs> it's taken a bit of time to catch up on on some of the, the the releases um do you want to jump straight into shout outs yeah sure um yeah so as i said it's been a while I'll, i have a couple from like a little bit further back because you know we've we've missed a couple episodes but uh the the first one i want to shout out is the new record from fawn limbs called Darwin Falls and uh Fawn Limbs they're like a mathcore grindcore band from uh, Philadelphia and I found out about them from their record Sleeper Vessels from last year I thought it was pretty decent and on this new one I was really really impressed it's they kind of I feel like they kind of like invented like atmospheric mathcore on this thing like it's real it's got real like sort of dark ambient undertones to it with these mm. really great spoken word sections which i'm usually like pretty indifferent towards in this kind of music but i think they do it really well and it's almost like like sort of an americana style like <laughs> uh narration of uh, of a story in this uh in these uh in these interlude bits and I think it's really, really well done. I think it's a really unique concept. And I'm, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a fantastic record. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, I, I gave this one a little bit of a go because you mentioned it. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. I thought the the, the aesthetic on it was really lovely. Um, so definitely something sort of a bit more unique, uh, which which I really like that spin on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, have you, yeah, have you got a few you want to go through? Yeah, yeah, I, I've actually got quite a few. Um, so I also went back uh, to, to sort of, a month back to when we last did our last episode uh, to, to grab a few ideas and picks. Um, so the, the first album I want to shout out is the new Lingua Ignota album, uh, Sinner Get Ready. Could be any other 
This one um, was the latest project from Lingua Ignota, released last month, and it caused some waves when uh, a certain bold music reviewer gave it a particularly high score uh, on a YouTube video. Um, I didn't have that strong of a reaction to this one. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. You know, I, I, I can't sort of, I can't take that credit away from it, uh, but maybe was the, the least favourite uh, of my sort of listens from from Lingua Ignota's back catalogue. Um, so I was a huge fan of uh, All Bitches Die and then Caligula uh, coming after. So I, I think this is a really solid project, especially if you're a sort of fan of Lingua Ignota already. But I would probably start with the other two first and see how you feel on those if you were looking to get into this this particular artist. Yeah, sure. I mean, I haven't actually gotten around to listening to that one yet. I'm I'm a big fan of, of her stuff, but... I don't know. I've never, not really, sort of been in the mood for it recently. It's uh, <laughs> not exactly the most, uh, you know, most upbeat <laughs> sort of sort of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, as you mentioned, I listened to All Bitches Die. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, um, um, but before we move on, it still yeah. still makes me laugh that um, that we actually went to the same Lingua Ignota concert uh, before we ever met each other. Uh, so. <laughs> Oh, we yeah, were, we did, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I forgot about that. With the, uh, uh, the crazy, yeah, crazy light shows in Bristol, uh, which is yeah, really sick, yeah. so. There um, we go. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one of those small world things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So just to move on from that, uh, I've got a couple more I want to shout out. One from the start of August, the new, uh, a new Karakiojin record. It's called Mesopotamia. Kyojin, it's a Tatsuya Yoshida project of um, Koenji Hiyake and Bruins. So you kind of know what you're going to expect. It's going to be like insane prog noise rock stuff. This is more on sort of the prog side. It's like, it's just a really solid, brutal prog release. If you like um, stuff from any of Yoshida's other bands, this is a really great release it's just kind of more of the same of what you'd expect but it, it's it's good i enjoyed it nice uh, is this the one with the big stone face for the album cover yes yes okay so. nice yeah I, I did give this one a listen um i actually played it for my partner in the car and she did not vibe to this at all uh, this, <laughs> this was the exact opposite of what she, what she would have enjoyed um i i haven't actually gone that far into his back catalog i've listened to a few ruins albums um so i'm sort of a, a lightning bolt <laughs> like long, long time lightning bolt fan uh, uh yeah and sort yeah. of got into it through through that sort of uh vibe so um yeah i, I really like this one it was really cool uh, i didn't really give it enough of a chance i don't think so i'd like to go back to this yeah i mean if if it's not uh if it's not something you're already familiar with i would say if you're going to go into uh, this kind of area of stuff i would say listen to ruins or uh koenji hiake first Koenji Hiyake is more like on, I guess, like the Zoil, uh, very, I guess, uh, just over the top prog stuff, uh, and Ruins is more on the the side of like noise rock. But Tatsuya Yoshida, very prolific. He's been in a lot of bands that put out a lot of material, 
a lot of it's very good, some of it's not, so it's, you know, it's hard to, to find. But, I mean, I think a really good starting place is uh, the Koenji Hiake record from 2018, uh, Dorm I think that's a really, really great album and a good starting point to get into, uh, I guess, like the Tatsuya Yoshida catalog. Say, if, you know, you're sort of into weird prog music or if you're, I guess, into like Lightning Bolt and you want to know sort of where their sort of style came from, you know? Mm, yeah, I yeah. Th- yeah, I think uh, that's really good, as well as like some of the early Ruins material, I think is also fantastic. Sweet. Um, so another shout out from me is uh, House is Burning by Isaiah Rashad. Southern hip hop uh, album, and uh, I thought it was really solid. Uh, I, I'm not familiar with his work. It was fairly, fairly big, a fairly big release when it came out. Um, so I sort of I checked it out out of curiosity, and I was quite impressed by it. I thought there were a lot of solid songs on there. Um, I thought there was one or two fantastic songs on there. Headshots in particular, I thought was fantastic. Um, yeah, just a really solid southern hip hop sort of vaguely trap inspired album um, to come out of America. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, no, uh, I, I heard a lot about that. I had, again, I mainly just heard like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. <laughs> and not, not much more than that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm sure it's it's pretty great. Um, so I got like two more. Uh, the first of those is The New Walls in the Throne Room. primordial arcana and was in the throne room i've been i felt have been maybe not been putting out their best material in sort of the last 10 years or so i i really like uh the early stuff like dive in the 12 stars two hunters uh i think their record from 2017 thrice woven was not great to be honest mm. so i was i was a bit you know apprehensive coming into this one but i think this is a bit of a uh, return to form i think it's uh very it's it's atmospheric in the right way. So was in the throne room, atmospheric blackmail project. Uh, a lot of atmospheric black metal can kind of just be like, oh, we kind of just took the riffs out of black metal and it can be kind of boring. Uh, mm. I think this definitely avoids that. I think it, it does atmosphere in like a more ambient type way. Like it almost call it the more like ambient black metal in the more atmospheric sections. It's got bits. Uh, it's got elements of like dungeon synth and stuff like that. It's yeah. I, I thought it was a really solid release by a band who I'm not sure I was expecting another like really solid release from. You know what I mean? So yeah, I I, I was impressed. Yeah, they're they're still doing it. 
uh, was in the throne room. Uh, yeah, the new, the new the new one's good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I haven't actually heard this one at all. Um, so this that'll be a cool one to check out because I was sort of put off by some of their later works. Um, so it'd be nice to go back to them and see what they're up to. Yeah, I think it's definitely better than than some of the other more recent stuff for sure. Nice. Um, so another shout out for me is uh, Pink Sifu's uh, new album Gumbo. Uh, no to tell my bang roll my sock while I hit the door. This is sort of a bit more of an experimental sort of hip-hop album. Um, I was a big fan of uh, his recent project, which I want to say was 2019. I'm going to look at uh, 2020, uh, when he released uh, Negro and then Fly Sifu, uh, which was his project with Fly Anakin. And uh, again, yeah, I thought this this one was really great. It sort of lent into some really interesting ex- experimentation. Uh, I thought the lyrics on it were fantastic. Um, I thought it was just an all-round, all-round great album. I really, really loved it. Yeah, I I also want to co-sign uh, the recommendation on Fly Seafood's his collaboration with Fly Anakin from last year. That's a really really great great record. That's I guess like a concept album about them like working in a record store. <laughs> it's it's very fun. I I really enjoyed it, and it was one of my favorite albums of last year. Uh, so yeah, my last shout out is the new record from Sugar Horse. They're like a like a post metal band with like bits of shoegaze thrown in there. Uh yeah, sort of I guess local band from Bristol. And yeah, I they're they're sort of the kind of band that I always see on like festival lineups. I'm like, yeah, they're pretty good. Uh but I think mm-hmm. this the new album was like them sort of announcing themselves as a band a little bit more rather than just like, oh, here's like a local band that's on like a lineup. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I I thought it was I thought it was very solid and sort of indicated that they are a band to watch, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely, and it, you know it's always great. Like we, I absolutely love shouting out local talent, sort of being from Bristol yeah. and, and Bath in general. So um, yeah, I mean we we're going to talk about uh, Death Heaven in a little bit, and this is kind of the sort of thing I wish that record was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think I think this is a much more realized project. Um, it's, it's, it's just so much more going on. It's so much more interesting to me. Yeah, if if you if you like Death Heaven, check out this Sugar Horse record. I would, yeah, I'd highly recommend it. It's, I think it's one of the more interesting ways in which people have fused contemporary metal with shoegaze in, in recent years. Cool. Um, so I've actually got three more shout-outs, so I'm going to rattle okay. them off a little sure. quick. Uh, so first one I want to go for is uh, A Martyr's Reward by Carr. Due to my pitch flesh, the rich steps, rich death in prison. Truth, no deception. Show direction like a preposition. Choose wrong course, you a strong force, set collision. Though I ain't relaxed yet, I don't catch back for recognition. Shared wisdom is sufficient. This proof I'm not duping, only solutions I ignite in my lab. Um, Carr is a uh, rapper from Brownsville in America, um, and he produces some of the highest quality, sort of, I guess, like, 
abstract hip hop, I guess. Is yeah, probably the I'd, right I'd term. say yeah, I'd say abstract hip hop. Um, sure. uh, that's out there in general. I think uh, the the quality of the lyricism on this album is just top notch, uh, up there with some fantastic releases that he's put out in the last few years, um, Night's Gambit and Descendants of Cain, um, and Honor Kill the Samurai is the other big one. Uh, so yeah. it's just just sort of a, I, I mean, this was a bit of a surprise release. I didn't even see this one coming. Uh, so it just sort of appeared on my radar out of nowhere and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was really, really great. Yeah, so I mean, when we were talking beforehand, so I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Cot and I didn't even realize this had released. Descendants <laughs> uh, of Cain was my, I think probably my favorite album of last year. I was really, really impressed. So I'm probably gonna gonna state that one on like immediately after we finish recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's fantastic. Um, so uh, 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 another shout out is um, from the uh, artist Susumu Hirasawa. <laughs> Is sort of this old school art, uh, old school art pop um, guy from Japan, uh, and his new album is called Beacon. Uh, I mean, I'm I was a big fan of some of his earlier work, in particular his 1998 album Q Sign of Giho, um, which I think is one of the best art pop albums I've ever heard. Um, but he, he's he's got a really extensive back catalogue. He's very pro- prolific. He releases an album every every year, or you know, sort of. Two albums a year, or an album every other year, and he has been doing since uh, since sort of the uh, the late eighties. Um, so, released a ton of great stuff. Uh, this one is really interesting and fairly experimental. I found it's one of the weirder albums I I listened to this week. Um, and it, again, you know, I think there's a lot to a lot of great stuff to find on here. Um, the closing track in particular, I thought was fantastic. What I will say is this one is a bit of a pain in the ass to listen to. Um, <laughs> you there's like two of the songs can be previewed on Bandcamp, and i think there's like a youtube video of one of the songs somewhere so you might have to dig a little bit or pay some money um you know and buy an album the old way if you want to give this one a, a listen so i wouldn't jump into this i wouldn't throw your money at this if you haven't checked out some of his older stuff um in particular kusai no giho uh, and then if you love that I, I would definitely recommend checking this out as well Awesome. And did you say you've got one more, right? Yeah. Yeah, just just the one more, which is uh, uh, an album by an artist called John Glacier, uh, called Shilo Lost for Words. Uh, this is a UK hip hop album, um, leaning on some sort of cloud rap and uh, UK based aesthetics, a bit of like sort of hypnagogic stuff as well. Um, I hadn't heard of this guy at all. It showed up on my Rate Your Music feed and I gave it a listen out of curiosity. Um, it's, it had a fairly average score. Uh, however, I tend not to, I tend to ignore that and see what the people I follow are, are saying about it. And, they were giving it some pretty good, pretty good feedback, so I checked it out, and I, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a really interesting album. I probably would have picked it as my album uh, for this episode, except it was released at the end of July, so uh, I sort of I thought I'd save it for a shout out instead. Um, 
uh, I mean, I think you just gotta gotta dive into it. It's got a really nice uh, aesthetic to it, and the sort of the influences from the cloud wrap side of things uh, enhance the the feeling of it a lot. So yeah, definitely definitely one to look out for. Awesome. So um, that that's all you got for shoutouts, right? That is okay. all I've got for okay. shoutouts. We can uh, we can talk about some other albums. Uh, yeah, that maybe we weren't so hot on. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, coming coming uh, into this episode, we we thought there were especially because we'd had you know we'd missed a few episodes. We there've been a few albums that have come out recently, very high profile releases that we thought we'd you know just have a have a little bit of a talk about. And so I mean, what what do you want to start with? Just uh, I mean, we've mentioned over. Death Heaven already, okay. so maybe let's okay. chat about sure, Infinite yeah, yeah. Granite. So going into how did you find Infinite Granite? So I mean, generally Death Heaven is a band that I have wanted to like <laughs> for years. I thought you were gonna stop it. It's a band. <laughs> <laughs> Death Heaven is a band. Yeah, Death Heaven is a band. Death Heaven's a band I've wanted to like for years. I remember being pretty like on the fence about Roads to Judah and Sunbather when it came out. Uh, I like New Bermuda. Uh, but then in 2018, they released Ordinary Corrupt Human Love, which is one of my least favorite albums of the last five years. I thought that album was really bad. It's all the worst cliches of shoegaze and post-rock all thrown into a blender. I, I can't stand it. So my expectations were really low coming into this one. And it kind of surprised me by not being as bad as the last one. I, I was honestly expecting it to be worse after my flatmate showed me the single Great Massive Color, but mm. uh, which I thought was honestly insipid. But um, <laughs> I thought the rest of the album was was okay. Uh, I didn't I didn't hate it. I I thought it was fine. I, yeah, yeah. I, I seem to be. I this seems to be a kind of an album that people seem to be loving or hating. I'm just like. Eh. No, I completely you know? agree with you. I was very... I, I mean, actually, to be fair, my first reaction to it was actually pretty positive. I kind of enjoyed okay. it. Um, but I gave it a few more lessons over the week. And I just sort of... Whatever I felt on that first lesson sort of seemed to to give way uh, into, yeah. into a meh feeling. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, I haven't... I only really got into music discovery in like 2016, maybe 2015. Um, okay. And so for me, Sunbather was quite a formative record of sorts um, okay. because it was like, it was one of those mu, uh, you know, listen to this albums that yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone, everyone banged on about and everyone loved. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, one thing that that, that album does better than, most albums is it pulls you in with the cover uh so yes. for me i yes. was like wow this cover's cool and it sounds great and i love the opening song and i'm gonna like you know make this my personality for a year or whatever <laughs> whatever whatever white boys on the internet do yeah. um and so for a while i was following that stuff and i think a part of that maybe uh made ordinary corrupt human love feel stronger to me because I was like so invested in wanting to love this band and sort of over time yeah. that that album has lost its allure um uh, leading to sort of infinite granite 
been like a slightly more meh version of that one. Uh, so, you know, I, I still sort of, I, I didn't dislike it. I didn't dislike Ordinary Corrupt Human Love either. I just sort of found them kind of okay. And the more music I discover, I think the more I find them average. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, especially in this podcast where I'm diving into a lot more new music now. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. just so much more out there. Yeah. And I mean, I think my sort of feelings about Death Heaven was probably because I heard Alcest first and Agaloch and bands mm. like that, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think do what they do better, uh, mm. to be honest. And I, I like I heard A Case de Lune before I heard Sunbather and I was like, oh, this is just A Case de Lune, but not as good. And in the same way, Infinite Granite is kind of like Shelter, but not as good. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I I, I don't care about Death Heaven one way or the other nowadays. But it's, it is one of those bands that I, I've, for years, I've been like, I everyone who likes the same music as I do loves Death Heaven. I should love Death Heaven. But I just, it's just never clicked for me, really. No, I think that's totally fair. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of that's all I've got to say on it, really. Right. It was, it so, was yeah, all right. Yeah. And now I'm kind of going to give the, the soapbox over to you to. Um, <laughs> to have a bit of a rant about two recently released albums that I haven't heard but uh, have had a lot of traction, you know, big big mm. releases. So, uh, I mean, if my Twitter feed is to believe, be, be believed, you're the only person in the world who hasn't listened to Donda yet, so... Uh... Yeah, okay, <laughs> l- I, l- l- let's start with Kanye. Let's, let's, with uh, Kanye. let's address the elephant in the room. Um, Donda was pretty mediocre. Um so for, for for the people who aren't aware or are maybe newer to music listening to this, um, Donda is uh, the latest album by Kanye. Don't get me mad because I don't want to injure you. She put my panties inside of a living room. Look at the problems and issues I'm living through. They try to drag me, I rise in my pinnacle. Walk through the block like the neighborhood general. Draw me to know it and that's where I send it to. I was forgetting you. Now I remember. Now I remember. Did what I want and I say what I want and I thought you was with me. Uh, coming off of um, his last release, Jesus is King, where he sort of had this big Christian reawakening um, and then really re- released a really awful album uh, to, to show how good of a Christian he was. Um, yeah, it and was so, like a religious shit post. Yeah, know? it was. And actually, it's sort of, I, I, there, there's like one song on there I, I don't hate. Um, but most of them, I think, are terrible. It's like his worst lyricism ever. Um, I, I think the bars on it are just awful. The, the the production is terrible. And this is just that, but like not terrible. Okay. Um, so the I think the bars are still terrible on this thing, I will say. Okay. Um, there's, there's a few songs on here that I think are actually very good. Um, but even those just have some lines in them that are just like, so shockingly bad that I like. I, I was listening to this. This is another album I put on the car uh, for my fiance because she loves his older stuff, um, and I just couldn't help but like laugh every time I heard some some of these some of these uh, bars. Uh, he's still making references to fast food restaurants um, after okay. the "You're my Chick Fil A" or "Close on a Sunday, You're my Chick Fil A" line from Jesus is King. He's now referencing uh, KFC in this one. Uh, there's a song. There's there's a, a lyric where he talks about how his beverage is holy water or something. It's, it's like some some really convoluted, terrible rhyme about how much he loves Jesus. Okay. Um, in addition to that, the production is kind of hit or miss. 
Uh, I think the production is occasionally genius. Um, the production on Off the Grid, there's like the synth line halfway through the song that plays. And I was like, holy shit, Kanye can make good music. Um, Hurricane with um, oh, The Weeknd. The Weeknd has a feature on Hurricane, which I thought was great. Uh, some of the songs later on, Come to Life and No Child Left Behind in particular, I thought were fantastic. Um, but it's sort of bogged down with so much crap. Um, and I wish he would just drop <laughs> drop his sort of new role as a preacher um, because there is some potential in here, but it's just so n- not realised. And I think especially when you combine that with all the controversy, air quotes controversy that surrounds this album, it's, a, I mean, it's all about Kanye, isn't it? You know, everything he does is just to get people to talk about him. Um, yeah. And the music, I, I, to some extent, I feel like he's an artist who's capable of releasing, still releasing something phenomenal but refuses to because uh that would get in the way of his ego yeah no i mean yeah i i've i've really just lost interest at this point he's yeah i don't know he's (laughs) doing all this he's just living to bait controversy and releasing two-hour albums and i'm i'm not interested oh yeah this album is also uh 110 minutes long so just bear that in mind i think you could probably cut out half the songs and actually probably carve out a decent album here maybe oh, i'll yeah, do that probably yeah <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not sure it's worth like your effort though as you as you rightfully mentioned earlier like there's just so much stuff out there that's just more worth your time that maybe mm. isn't you know right right in front of your face at all times but you know yeah 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 and and also I, I find it hard to talk about kanye without mentioning like this is a guy who brags about being a billionaire on this album he, there's there's a line where he says that he has so much money he could give everyone on earth a dollar but is also um you know getting lawsuits from his sunday service uh team because he won't pay them um and you know then he's bringing out marilyn manson and da baby on stage yeah, some, I think as some sort of counter, like cancel, cancel culture yeah, protest. That was or something. that was that was the main thing where I was just like, I just don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally <laughs> it's just understand. So, that. so eye roll worthy. Like, oh, right, okay, this is what you're doing now. Um. So yeah, I don't know. It's hard because um, I think there is some potential for good music still there and also it's kind of hard to ignore him because he gets the attention he wants uh so you know i mean he's good at doing it you know yeah 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 um so transitioning from kanye into the polar opposite of uh of (laughs) that level of attention seeking uh the the sort of third and last album that was quite a big release that i wanted to talk about was lord's solar power So, Lord's Solar Power is another album I thought was, it just missed the mark for me. Um, again, this is an album I, I, you know, I liked this one. I actually thought it was all right. Um, but it was also sort of, it was just kind of boring in a way. Okay. Um, there was there, there was just such a lack of like ambition on this. Um, 
especially compared to melodrama. So I, I don't know. Did, did you hear melodrama at all? I know you haven't heard this one. So I haven't listened to a new one. I don't think I listened to a first one either. I listened to melodrama like once and I was like, man, this is like good for a mainstream pop record. And then never listened to mm. it again. That was kind of my, uh, okay, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. kind of my, my feelings about melodrama. I'm like, huh. All right. Yeah, that's, that's totally fair. Um, I actually, I really, really like melodrama. I think it is, uh, you know, you say good for a pop record. I, I think it's like, it's maybe one of my favorite modern popular pop records. Yeah, um, I can definitely understand that. On the level of an album, I would have fun with like um, maybe Emotion by Carly Rae Jepsen. It's like one of yeah. the other ones I think is sort of on that level. Yeah, I mean everyone, um, everyone loves Emotion. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so this is just like it's just like really boring and really unrealized. There's um, there's a couple of strong songs on here. I think the Path is pretty good. I think Mood Ring was pretty good. I quite like that one. Uh, an oceanic feeling at the end of the, the album is pretty good. Um, but I was kind of surprised to see like a really positive reaction to this one from a lot of people I sort of whose opinions I respect. Um, and I'm not going to stop respecting them because of their opinions on this. Uh, I just I was surprised that they, they saw so much in it because um, I, I just really thought there was so much lacking to this one. I also felt that the production from Jack Antonoff um, was pretty bad and oh, maybe yeah uh, i can't remember who produced melodrama i'm gonna look it up very quickly um yeah i mean i i don't want to start talking about jack antonoff he's um yeah i i, I feel like he he's 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 cool to hate now i guess mm. but um i i've never liked like the bleachers or whatever like i i don't think his production's very good he also did fun right didn't he Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, apparently, yeah, actually, apparently, he also produced. He also produced melodrama. Um, so okay. Okay. Maybe this I'll, is just like a big step down or something. I'll I'll <laughs> I'll let you off. Uh, and fun was pretty good. Okay. There we go. You know, we we've we've evened it out on jackets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have a whole lot more to say about it. It was just it was a big release. I think if, if you're you know if you're a big law fan, it's it's probably worth your time. Go go and check it out. Um, Sure. And there's definitely some some decent cuts on there, especially Mood Ring. I, I thought it was great. Uh, but yeah, just, awesome. again, maybe another album that should have been an EP. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th there's, there's a lot of that going on <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, recently. So, sorry to make you keep talking, but if we're going to transition into our releases, I think you are going to want to intro the, the first record we're going to be talking about, yes? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so... The, the first album we're going to talk about today is uh, Tropical Fuckstorm's new album, Deep States. Uh, this is an album I was very, very excited about when I, when I saw it. Um, Tropical Fuckstorm are an Australia-based art punk slash punk blues. I think it's probably a good way, good way to, to categorize them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd... I'd... Generally, just put them under noise rock, but like noise rock is kind of a fake term anyway, so you know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a tragedy. We want the stats, sadistic statistics, keep the shit abstract. Pestilence, treachery, clocks and daggers. When I'm talking arms length, I'm talking knuckle draggers. Displeased hashtags, strange diseases. If it bleeds, it bleeds and leaves you. Disbelieve on what else could go wrong. A black swan's got fleas. I got a nasty case to give a Fuck 
Oh, you have a fuck for tea. Um, so they came onto the scene um, in 2018 in this particular formation, although we'll probably end up talking about the drones at some point. Yes. Um, and, and so they released a, a Laughing Death in Meat Space in 2018, which, which reviewed very well and was very popular. I, I particularly loved it. And then they released Braindrops in 2019, which I also loved, but I felt went really under the radar. Um, I barely heard about it yeah. at all that year. Yeah. And then Deep States um, is is their, their latest release. Uh, so, I mean, you've had a listen to this one. How did you find it? So, yeah, I mean, that's a very good intro. So I, I feel like, I, again, I kind of need to explain how I was feeling going into this record because mm. you mentioned their two previous albums, Laughing Death and Meat Space and Braindrops. I think they were... I like those albums, but I honestly thought they were a little bit inconsistent. Mm. I think they had really high high points, but then the sort of the deeper cuts were kind of lost my interest a little bit. But yeah, I yeah. think the best songs are amazing. So I was like, okay, it's another Tropical Fox on record. Maybe they'll come through with an album that's a, a bit more cohesive. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, I think this is that album. Uh, I. I was very impressed with this one. Maybe not on first listen. I think the first time I listened to it, I was just like, okay, this is just another Tropical Fox Storm album. But mm-hmm. with repeat listens, this one has really grown on me. I'm yeah, I I I really enjoyed it, to be honest. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh and so we we talk about Tropical Fox Storm. They are their sound is I mean, for what they do, it's really strange. Mm-hmm. I, I would say because they they take, I guess, sort of like post punk and noise rock in a very weird direction. I mean, they. I think one one thing that I really like about uh, about their music is the fact that, I mean, as a setup, they're a fairly standard like four piece, right? You know, we've just got like guitar, vocals, bass, keyboards, drums, mm-hmm. but like. The the sounds they make on their records sound like they've got a full modular setup going on or something like it's right yeah yeah the what they're able to do with the instrumentation that they are doing it with is really really impressive and I think that's a part of their sound that was better used on this record than anything else they've done before mm-hmm. and I think that was maybe the thing that really drew me to this record over maybe their previous two releases as I listened to it more and more. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I definitely agree that, like, the more I listened to this, uh, the more I found in it. Um, it's quite an overwhelming record. It's not yes. like they're, <laughs> they're not really interested in minimalism or, or anything like that. No. They just want to make loud noise and play uh, play cool punk music. Um, and so sometimes I found the vocals took a little bit more time to sink in for me. Um, I absolutely yes. love uh, Gareth Lydiard's uh, vocals, especially on this. And so so um, his other project is The Drones, uh, which I think there's some overlap with some of the other members as well. Uh, uh, yeah, the bassist Fiona Kitchen, who is also in The Drones. Awesome, is, yeah, yeah. I, no, I that, believe. That sounds, yes, yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, and so that that's a band I love. And I think his... Uh, his vocal performance um is so consistent above like uh, along every project that he's done in terms yeah. of his like vocal delivery and, it, and it's always fantastic I, I always love that so yeah, he his his delivery it's it, it it's kind of 
again, almost like their um, like Tropical Fox Storms, I guess, like whole uh, instrumental style. It's kind of similar to, I guess, some of their other contemporaries, but it takes it in a way other direction. His he his music is, is sorry, his uh, delivery is less like sort of shouted and more just like rambled mm, in, in a way yeah. that's really effective with how in sort of in tandem with how he writes lyrics because uh i that's another thing i want to mention like immediately about this record is that the lyrics are fantastic yes i completely uh, agree um yeah. i thought their lyrics were were the strongest that they've been since yes. maybe I, I see seaweed or like like some of the earlier drones well yeah I mean, I, that's, I, a, that's I, a later drones album but you, you know what i mean yeah no i i, th- I think it's his, it's his best lyrics on a tropical fox song record mm. and especially because i i mentioned about wanting a more cohesive project from tropical fox song earlier and i think the the lyrics and the vocals really help with that because there's a real consistent like dread about this album that really carries over from track to track mm. and you like obviously if you've heard gareth lillard's vocals before he has that sort of sardonic scowling humor that he that he does you know that's his thing but mm-hmm. this this is a really angry album and there's a lot of fury and sadness radiating radiating off it in a way that's maybe not obvious just from how he's how he's delivering the vocals and it it feels really emotionally layered and i think that is one thing that just really puts this album above the stuff they've done before She said, come in, wipe your feet. I walked in off the street. Into her room. It looked pretty bad. She made me read the report. And after all the contortions, I'm the illegal ghost. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really felt that in um, Gaff and Legal Ghost in particular. Yes. Um, Legal Ghost apparently is a much older song, which I yeah. thought was quite interesting. Um, yeah. Or like he, he wrote the lyrics for it a long time ago. Uh, yeah. It's like over 20 years old, I believe. Right. Yeah. 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 It's about, you know, it's about the death of a loved one. I believe his uh, then girlfriend. And, you know, it's it's about what people leave behind and the idea that there are just some people who are just kind of floating around waiting to die. And right, it's, yeah. it's a, re- I mean, it's a really, really sad song. <laughs> and it's, it's, I, I think the, the most outwardly sad song on a record that I think I, I, cause I mean, it's sort of the de facto closer in that we have a, um we have like a small instrumental piece after this, but uh, in terms of like, a closer with respect to you know the major tracks on this record it's mm-hmm. it's a really nice bookend in the sense that this record i think flirts with the ridiculous quite a lot but whilst doing that it's also really sincere and almost quite desperate especially on tracks like uh gaff 
where mm. the ridiculousness of uh you know what he's talking about like um on on some tracks like reporting of a failed campaign where it's this narration about some elaborate tale of sleaze and corruption uh and tracks like uh sub suburb biopia i think <laughs> about you know uh, yeah, like i think that's right <laughs> about suburban death cults and you know sort of from from this perspective of the death cults uh yeah but um i th- i think you know so th- there's a really ridiculous there's a ridiculousness to this album but i think it's inherently necessary in addressing the subject matter that it does because like it almost feels like the point is that just that the world is kind of ridiculous and if you ignore that it's kind it, you're not going to be able to meaningfully address like social issues and you know the climate and corruption and stuff like that that this album is so focused on so I I I think that made that that track in particular, uh, Legal Ghost, really really effective because it, it it sort of wrapped that up in in a sense that I think for a lot of the record, um, Gareth was sort of like he's sort of like winking at you a little bit, and then in that track, that's like this is this is kind of what this album is about at its core. It just just a real like just sadness about everything really <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah um, no I, I completely get that um i sort of got when i was listening to this i saw parallels to an album i absolutely love um which is brutalism by idols um yes I, so that is a particularly angry album with yeah. a big dose of sarcasm and yeah. uh and i think this is and and also that that album uh ends on a really sad slow song um which yeah. is a slow savage Yes. And yes. while that album has a very dear place in my heart for you know personal reasons, um, I think this is almost more realized than that album. So I, I, the, I, I think Legal Ghost is a much more realized song than Slow Savage, but also the instrument, instrumentation is more experimental and more outlandish on this one. And I think the way that the lyrics sort of convey the themes in addition to the instrumentation and the way it's been written, um, it's just so solid and really supports what it's going for in that regard. Yeah, no, so I actually, yeah, I had a very similar thing written down about brutalism because I don't, uh, I mean, I don't know how you feel about Idol's other stuff, but I am a big fan of, of brutalism, not so much the other records. And... Yeah, brutalism is my favorite by a mile. Um, yeah, I I like the other ones. Um, I yeah, I, I even, think I even quite liked Ultra Mono. Um, but no, yeah, like Ultra yeah. Mono has some pretty weak tracks on it, whereas yeah, brutalism I, I think I, is their most cohesive. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a massive fan of brutalism, and this album absolutely reminded me of it. And I I do agree that I think it's it feels like it's going for a similar sort of thing. But I think it does. I, I I agree. I think it does it better, and that's you know it it it's going for something more experimental, obviously. But I think it still sort of sticks. You know that that punk energy, whilst mm. just just going out into weird areas. You know, because th- there were a couple points on this album uh, on like uh, GAFF and uh bummer sanger where 
I felt like it was maybe straying a little bit close to that like kind of shouty man post punk on the hooks. Mm-hmm. That yeah, yeah, I am. I don't know about you, but I am kind of sick of. Uh, <laughs> but the but that was sort of only just on the hooks and the rest of the the rest of the songs, the verses, the instrumentation. I thought really sort of kept it from being that because it's so out there in contrast to sort of their contemporaries i mean it, it feels it feels a bit almost unfair to be comparing tropical Foxstorm to like i don't know like post-punk bands contemporary post-punk bands because they're, they're not really that but they are drawing a lot of influence from it so it's hard not to yeah um, definitely um yeah the, the the only the only reason i made the comparison is because i don't know it's just it's more of a vibe comparison i guess yeah not no well i no uh i mean i have also made this comparison i literally <laughs> yeah so um yeah i as i say i think it's hard not to compare them to mm. like uh contemporary post-pop bands because of similar influences but i think it does them a bit of a disservice almost viewing them as more of like an experimental rock band is maybe more i think it's more charitable and i think you will probably get more out of their music if you if you look at it from that direction yeah 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 absolutely no i completely agree with that but um yeah so the another thing i did want to mention actually is uh, uh you mentioned about like uh sort of rate your music scores earlier and mm-hmm. i i usually don't like check reviews and stuff before listening and uh, I also don't like listen to singles and stuff before usually if I can help it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So when when I when I listened to this album a couple times over the weekend, I was like, wow, I'm really really impressed by this. I think this is probably their best album. I was really surprised to see this was not getting as good reaction as the first two albums, and I have no <laughs> idea why. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I um I think that just speaks to internet ratings, really. Yeah, uh, well, exactly. They're not always they're not always know. there. And yeah. and I think and I think that's a real shame because ratings are so important to a yeah, to an album's they, success. Like there are yeah. so many albums in the past that I have only looked at because a couple of people I follow on on Twitter said they were cool, or like yeah. albums that I didn't bother checking out for the same reason because I was like, well, I'll just go listen to something else then. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, uh, I I definitely agree. But I mean, the only things I can think of is that that there were half of the tracks on this album came out before the album came out because mm. three were like uh album cycle singles and two were like originally non-album singles that were released a year ago and also i think the the one thing this album is sort of missing air quotes is that th- th- there's a bit of a like like a you let my tires down shaped hole where like mm. the, the big banger should be uh that really catches your attention and i I don't think this album needs that, but I think that's almost like what people expect coming into the record is that they want at least like one real like one track <laughs> that really just like gets you going because yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. at least to me like Laughing Death and Meat Space when I think of that album I think of You Let My Tires Down because it's it's such an incredible opening track and maybe in my opinion the album goes a bit downhill from there. Um so yeah, I, I think with agree. this with this with this album being almost more of a cohesive listen that doesn't have so much standout tracks as it just has like really consistently fantastic tracks that make a, a whole. I think 
it's because the tracks don't stick out as much individually and maybe that's that's a reason for it i i really don't know but i mean just as someone i think this yeah i think this is the best album by like by a pretty wide margin actually the more i've listened to it i mean when i, I was as i say i was a bit iffy on first listen but the more the more i'm listening to it the more i'm like yeah th- this is this is the best thing they've done for sure mm, yeah yeah no c- completely agree uh also uh before we finish up i will add sure. um that i'd like to thank the band for finally releasing some album art that i can show to my parents um because uh this i i, I really like the album art for this one um, really i mean i also really like the absolute insanity of uh, of the other two um but uh, this one is like the sort of thing I could have on vinyl on display, whereas the other two, I, I don't think I could get away with that, to be honest. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I I really didn't like this album art. Oh, no. <laughs> I saw it. I thought it was like a like a, like a a tour promo or something. They'd knocked up in Photoshop in like 10 minutes. Oh, right. I mean, yeah, to be fair, I will say I think the text is pretty pretty weak. I just yeah, like the, yeah, no, I like no, the general I, I, vibe. Yeah, no, I like the vibe, but I, it looks it looks kind of cheap to me. I don't know. Especially, yeah, the font looks like it should be on the front of, like, a really, really shit club. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, you are. You are right. Okay, fine. I take it back about the font. I do agree with that. Um, yeah, okay. If you, um, um, if you as a listener, have not seen the uh, the cover art for A Laughing Death and Meat Space, uh, go and look that up because it is it's just... It's amazing. It's... Uh, it's I, I, I love it. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah, but, I'm just um, looking at it now. I yeah. forgot about like the furry frog in the corner. That's, that's uh, you know, it's like one of those uh, illusions where every time you look at it, you see something see new. Some, you see something new, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, have you got any concluding thoughts on this record? Have you got anything else you want to mention? No, I'm, I'm quite happy with that, I think. Um, I'm happy awesome. to move on to, to your first album of the week. Okay, so the, the first album I wanted to, to put forward for this episode was the new record by The Bug. It's an alias of producer Kev, uh, Kevin Martin, who's been active for decades at this point. And I mean, I feel like I almost have to like read off some of his like rap sheet. You know, he's worked mm. across so many styles of music; it's like hard to keep track of. He was in the like bizarre industrial metal band God, playing saxophone. He is he's part of the Ilbian duo Techno Animal with uh, Justin Broderick of Godflesh. He recently formed, uh, recently, like 10 years ago, but you know, recently in terms of his mm. discography, formed uh, King Midas Sound to do like spoken word, like dub stuff uh, with the poet Roger Robinson, who uh, is a part of this album as well. He's worked with uh, Earth, the drone metal band. Like, <laughs> uh, he's worked with like Grouper, I think. Like, I, it's it's insane the the amount of people that you would not expect to work with the same person that he's worked with. Uh, mm. And the bug is what's sort of become his, I guess, main moniker for the last like twenty years. I think it was initially meant to be like sort of a throwaway type deal, but uh, yeah. He's put out some classic records in the sphere of like dub, raga, UK bass, grime. Uh, I would highly, highly recommend uh, the 2008 record London Zoo and the 2003 record Pressure. I think they are stone cold classics in that area of music. So coming mm-hmm. to this new one, it's called Fire. Uh, it's on Ninja Tune. It's his first proper record 
under this project since 2014. And yeah, I, I, it was. I was definitely anticipating this one because it's been a while since we've had a new bug record, and it's got a, the it's got a feature list that I was I was quite excited about because we've got um we've got three tracks with the MC Flodan who has made excellent appearances on some of his previous records and also we've got more mother on this thing who has contributed to some of my favorite albums of the last couple years uh her collaboration with billy woods in particular i thought was incredible so going into this i was i was yeah i was pretty excited um what, what's sort of your familiarity with the bug as a, a project Okay, so uh, my first confession is that until 30 seconds ago, I did not know that uh, the bug was the other half of Techno, Techno, Techno Animal. Okay. Um, which is which is a real shame because I absolutely love Techno, Techno Animal. Okay. Um, but I, I just hadn't clicked enough links, I don't think, to, uh, to put the two together. Um, so for, for my experience with the bug, uh, zero. Uh, I, I hadn't listened to. I hadn't even heard of the bug uh, before this. Um, before you before you sent this album to me. Oh, um, okay, and, cool. And also, and also, my sort of knowledge of like grime and UK bass and whatever uh, is almost non-existent uh, outside of like the absolute biggest uh, biggest okay. artists. So this was a complete unknown for me. Um, and I absolutely loved this album. I yes. thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was absolutely stunning. Um, I, I mean, to to give you an impression of my lack of knowledge uh, of the entire feature list, I had only heard of More Mother. Um, okay. So I hadn't heard of any, and I hadn't heard of Flow Down or anyone else until I looked them up after. Um, sure. So yeah. So it's, I mean, to 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 start off with More Mother. Um, uh, yeah, I completely agree. A massive, massive fan of of what they're doing at the moment. Um, I thought Circuit City was a phenomenal yes, album, yes. Uh, and then Brass as well incredible. was just fantastic. And yeah. um, she's she's like popping up on a whole bunch of sort of albums at the moment as like features. Um, yeah, she kind of she's, killing it on all of them. Yeah, she seems to be everywhere uh, at the moment, and for good reason. She she's fantastic, and her her feature on here is really good. Uh, mm. But yeah, I, I'm I'm really glad you like this because I also really really like this. I think maybe I'm not going to have as much to say about this as some of the other records we usually talk about, but mm -hmm. yeah, I, I was. I think this was like a real return to form because he's he's put out a, a few records like, you know, like throwaway stuff and you know, like just miscellaneous projects and collaborative projects over the last few years, and his 2014 album, which I can't remember the name of. Uh, which Angels and Devils I thought was like mm -hmm. fine. I, I didn't love it. I thought it was fine. So I was really happy that I think this was a real return to form from him. Mm -hmm. uh, it's if it's very much it feels very much like a sequel to the the record London Zoo, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, because I, this this is this is a really 
I mean, just in a vacuum, this is a really weird record because, I mean, you, with the bug, you come in and you, ex- you, if you're familiar with this stuff, you're expecting the like bass heavy sound system destroyers, but mm-hmm. you're also expecting like weird stuff as well. And I think this was, I think this is the, uh, the album from this project that I think best balanced that between the bangers and the weird stuff, because. Uh, this is this felt like mm. a really cohesive record for like a producer album because i i don't know how you feel about producer albums in general but i usually think they're like they kind of feel a little bit throwaway a lot of the time you yeah know? i would i would agree with that um uh, you know it's not an area of music i've explored massively but the sort of examples i've heard in the past i think that is a fair fair statement to make um but then you know, to some extent, I've also only listened to the most, <laughs> most yeah. you know, well-known yeah. examples. So, yeah, um, no, exactly. But yeah, I, I think uh, the the production on this thing is so focused on a really like crawling, slow motion, dubby interpretation of grime that mm-hmm. I think is really unique, and I'm really into. I. Uh, I, I yeah I, I really enjoyed the the angle that he took with this because uh, I I I I think I said this a couple times before but uh, in terms of like UK hip hop stuff I feel like there's a bit of a vacuum for people to do more interesting things because mm. I mean you you mentioned you don't have too much familiarity with like UK hip hop in general. And I think a lot of that is to do with if you're sort of coming from the more experimental side of music, there's not that much to really get your hands on, right, which is yeah, really yeah. unfortunate because there's really great parts of British hip hop in general. Uh, there was that uh, Heady One Project Gang from last year or the year before that I thought was really cool and sort of took things in that direction. But I'm really glad to see The Bug back doing uh, doing this, doing his thing and doing it really, really well. Because uh, I, I kind of just want more people to be doing stuff like this. Because I think... Someone's got to do it, yeah. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> not only that, but also I think... I've, I've heard some people... This is something I say online, you know, about, like, UK rappers. that They, they mm-hmm. almost, like, can't do that type of music. They can't... You know what I mean, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was really, really impressed with how how consistent this album felt because almost all of the featured artists i mean this is it's what like uh 14 tracks and there's a there's a feature on every track the first first and last track are spoken word sections there's a couple artists who are repeated but mostly Mm -hmm. you know there's like seven or eight uh mcs on this thing and they all i mean they understood the assignment like you know yeah yeah absolutely uh, i and i think a lot of people don't give like british hip-hop that credit of being able to be flexible and being able to work in a more interesting way and uh you know sort of like rap over these very strange like extremely sub heavy beats that are quite skeletal but really feel quite enveloping but like Mm -hmm. almost like just like like it's sort of like slime at the bottom of the mix you know mm-hmm. uh and it, i mean these are difficult beats to rap over right because there's so much space in the top end 
that like you have to have a real vocal presence to do that and i thought i thought the features really delivered uh, generally from that i i specifically i mentioned flow down before uh uh logan logan's feature on clash uh mm. feature on war i thought were all fantastic and were really really showed how how artists what how artists like that are more able to adapt to working uh from like a more experimental viewpoint i guess Yeah, I mean, I mean, do you have sort of any thoughts on that uh, about how? Yeah, 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 definitely. Just how? Yeah, the cohesion of the record in general. Yeah, so I, so I'm going to go back just a little bit to sort of talking sure. about um, grime artists experimenting in general. So, like, yeah, from the view of an outsider who knows nothing about it, I've sort of, I've, I guess, I've had this view that like maybe the reason I haven't been that interested in investigating grime in general is because because it, it all seems very similar. Um, and like the the few artists or the few MCs that I have heard, uh, you know, uh, like I heard Boy in the Corner, and I was like, "This is amazing! This is great experimentation, yeah. <laughs> right?" Yeah, because everyone loves that album. Yeah, uh, and then and then everything else I heard after that was just like so samey that I just sort of I maybe I, maybe I lost interest a long time ago, and I never really followed up. Um, yeah, and so like to to really out myself as a as a noob. Um, I guess like so. So I, I've been watching the Rap Game UK lately because uh, okay. my partner really likes it, and it's like trashy reality TV that you can sit and zone out for. Especially when you got COVID, you kind of need that sort of thing. Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> and uh, and and the and the the MCs that they bring onto that show uh, sort of reinforce that view for me. It's like mm-hmm. they're all technically very capable. But like when you listen to the tracks, they're, they're all so boring, right? Occasionally yeah. you get someone bringing in like some sort of uh, style from maybe some heritage that they've got, or like they might do an aggressive song and they rap a bit faster. But like generally, they're rapping over the same kind of beats in the same flows, and it all just sounds the same. Yeah. Um, and so that is part of why I was so impressed by everything I heard on here because um, the artists were so willing to. I I, I mean I guess. Under the under the beats that they were given, I, I thought the the level of aggression or the the level of sort of experimentation there was like it really matched it matched the production behind yeah, it and absolutely. ended up producing something really really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean I've already talked about more mother. I absolutely loved Vexed. Um, I thought everything Flowdown did on this was just fucking phenomenal. Yeah, um, Fl- Flowdown is absolutely I, fantastic. To the point where I like went and listened to his other stuff like i was like i yeah. have to i have to like hear what this guy's up to um pressure was amazing um yes. hammer hammer was fantastic bomb was fantastic they, those were real real highlights for me uh and then i also really liked how about that um yeah. with an artist whose name i'm not gonna ever for sifo for fuck's sake why though oh yeah see this is why i need a i need a proper londoner uh, on the podcast with me <laughs> but, um 
Yeah, I mean that was yeah, sort of the that track was the most like I guess like most straightforward banger, and I mm. thought it was like it was a great uh, it was a great track to have sort of halfway through because I thought the, yeah yeah it it definitely had that that almost like double album feel to it where the first half felt a lot sludgier, a lot dubbier, and the second half felt a little bit more banger oriented. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I, I thought that worked really well because it felt like it was like mm. sort of warming up, warming up, and then really like hitting you hard on the back end, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I thought the fourth day was interesting as an opener, uh, yeah. leading into pressure. Um, it maybe wasn't exactly what I what I loved, but I, I thought it was cool. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily yeah. change it. Yeah. Um, I think the only things I didn't like so much was i think the back half was a little bit weaker than the first half other than bomb um i you know i don't think there were any songs that i disliked but yeah the first the front half was so like it was so front loaded that i don't think the back it would have taken a miracle for the back half to like (laughs) to match some of those songs especially you know like vexed um and pressure so yeah uh but yeah i mean overall i just thought it was a really really cool project i'm really glad i heard it because um it's the sort of thing I'd, you know, I'd want as like the poster child for for some of the London, London and UK based uh, hip hop projects. I think I think it's really cool. Yeah, and I, I do just want to mention. So you, you you mentioned the the intro of the fourth day, uh, which is um, it's a spoken word piece by the poet Roger Robinson, who's mm-hmm. also a part of uh, Kevin Martin's uh, King Minus Sound project. And I also want to mention the close of the missing. Because that uh, uh, that one really like got me. It's this it's this really mm. like haunting spoken word piece uh, with this like dark ambient sort of strings and basses going on in the background about the the Grenfell Tower fire, mm-hmm. and I I think it was a really I think it was a really uh, effective way to close the record because. A lot of this album, a lot of the lyrical content, and I guess the atmosphere is very apocalyptic. It's very uh, heavy, and I think that that final track really sort of connected the dots between, like, almost like you know, like almost like cartoonish apocalypse, like insane stuff, and like stuff that's just actually like happening. Yeah, that, that yeah, definitely, just awful, and yeah it, it really sort of like grounded the record in the end for me especially uh sort of following the track high rise where uh the rapper magazine is rapping about you know being being from being from uh an estate in a high rise block and mm-hmm. then the track about that talking about the Grenfell t- tower fire i thought it was just really really effective and uh i was yeah it it really like got me you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's mainly all I have to say about this record. I I was just really impressed. I'm I'm glad the bug is back to doing his thing and doing it really, really well. Because yeah, I I thought this is honestly maybe his best album. Like I, I was really, right. really impressed with this one. Awesome. Um, I I'm, I'm kind of happy to move on. If you are, uh, is there yeah. anything else you want to add? Yeah. No. 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 That's that's. That's it, absolutely. Um, yeah. Awesome. Um, okay, so we'll move on to uh, my second album of the week, which is uh, the album, Untourable Album by Men I Trust. 
which is a great name. Um, so Men I Trust are a uh, Canadian uh, group making bedroom pop and indie pop. Um, and uh, this is their, their latest release. Um, I thought it was a really cool, um, very chilled out album uh, and yeah. sort of a ni nice vibe to go to from some of the other ones that we listened to this week. Uh, how did you find this one? Yeah, so... I, yeah, I, I like this. I mean, uh, Men I Trust is a band that I've heard about, but not really heard, you know what I mean? Mm. And, uh, like, I'd heard it, like, come on, on, like, you know, like a vibe playlist when you're, like, chilling with people and stuff. And I'd seen the um, the cover to their previous record, which is, like, Enclave Jazz. I don't know how you pronounce that. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, I'd seen that around a bunch. It's got this very cute, like, sort of hand-drawn cover-up. So I was like, oh, this is this is something I know about. Uh, so I was definitely interested to, to jump in. And, yeah, I, I thought this was just really nice. I was, yeah, I, I really liked it. I think it was a good uh, sort of listen when... So I, this this past weekend, I was, uh, I was, like, in the car a lot. And mm. this is a really nice uh, thing to just have on while I'm sort of in, like, the passenger seat, just sitting there, like, yeah, I'm just having, like, a really nice time. Uh, and I think, yeah, yeah, the keyword is definitely chill. Like, I, I honestly mm -hmm. think it would be, like, impossible to be, like, tensed up listening to this album. Like, it's almost like a muscle relaxant. It's so, <laughs> so chill. And, yeah, I, I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, it's not really the sort of thing I would usually uh, listen to, but I liked Uncle Jazz. Um, I thought that was quite a cool album. Uh, I appreciated that this one was a bit shorter. That, yeah, that I, album, I that saw that was like long. I saw that album was like seventy, eighty minutes, and I was like, I, I, I thought that this album, uh, its brevity was a big plus. Mm, to be yeah, honest, yeah, I completely so agree. I. I I looked at that and I'm like, mm, maybe not, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> yeah, obviously a lot of people really liked it. So, you know, uh, so, yeah, sorry, carry on. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that, that, that was it really. I just thought, I thought that, um, I, I really liked uncle jazz and I think maybe I liked it as much of this, but, um, this one is a lot shorter and a lot, yeah. uh, a lot more distilled, I would say. Um, it's sort of, sure. it gets to the heart of what it's trying to achieve, uh, more quickly and, I think there's a bit less fluff there. Um, yeah. I think the songwriting is really nice. I mean, like you said, it's just it's just super chill stuff. So it's like Tree Among Shrubs is one of their song titles. Serenade of Water, you know, it's like it really evokes that sort of sense of, yeah. of just like relaxation. Um, and so something like, yes, you know, you can listen to this in the background and just have a nice time. But yeah. there's there's enough there that you can focus and, and do some sort of deep listening and actually get, get something out of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the main thing that I want to say about this uh, this record that I thought was really good was I thought the 
the it, it felt like they they kind of like had mastered bedroom pop production. This is like, yeah, th- this record feels like a pillow. Like it's so it's so soft, and I I think that re- that's a really really big thing mm-hmm. in its favor. It's just how just how nice it sounds because it's it's almost like it's almost like enjoyable before they've even like played the song in the sense that it kind of almost doesn't even matter what they're playing half the time it's going to be like listenable and enjoyable uh, just because of how how just ha- how nice it sounds and i think on this record there were a lot of things that they did that i honestly maybe sometimes don't like on records or i think can be hit and miss but i think generally those things landed so for example like this there's a track uh oh dove that has this like uh a lot of one of the verses is in like was like was like a vocoder which i think can be generally quite like irritating but Mm -hmm. i thought it was tasteful and i thought it worked and it had a really nice vibe and similar stuff like the whispery vocals on a lot of it i think sometimes they can get a bit tedious but I i like them here and I think there was the the vocalist had enough ear for like a good melody that it really it really worked. Um, uh, yeah, there, there, there were a few other things that. Yeah, that was the um, the the drums. I, I assume the the programmed uh, because there's no sort of drummer listed and they didn't sound super like you know off kilter. They sound pretty pretty yeah, like static, but uh, I th- I generally. Think that's right. Generally, for uh, this kind of record, that would be a massive turnoff. I would be like, uh, but the fact that I kind of can't tell—I mean, I'm you know—I'm pretty sure they're programmed, but you know, I do, it wasn't the first thing I thought when I heard it. That's a very good sign, mm, uh, yeah, yeah. Because for the, the, this sort of like almost like loungy bedroom pop, you really want that like off kilter percussion, not off kilter, but like just not perfect. You know what I mean? So it mm, has a bit yeah. of a swing to it. And I think they do a really good job with that because, as I say, yeah, uh, that's another thing that in this kind of music would generally be a real turnoff for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought I thought it was really, really just like pleasant. It reminded me a lot of the more sort of like chilled, subdued bits of Caracara Benito's Time and Place. It had that mm, sort of yeah, same absolutely. like twee vibe with like you know sort of like shimmering, uh, sort of guitar work and uh, like uh, subtle electronics that uh that really just like create like a it's just a comfy listen, and I think one thing that you mentioned uh, that I would really say about this record is the fact that the it's not just like a vibe record because there is there's just i would say maybe i would have liked a bit more like meat to it but there's there is enough for you to be able to sit down and listen to this album like actively and yeah 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 enjoy it like as a pop record rather than just like a vibe thing and i think a lot of that is to do with how the album's structured i think it, the 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 structure of the record is really really good uh, I think there are sort of like a few kind semi interlude tracks that are placed really well. Tracks like Before Dawn, that's like this hazy down tempo track. You have um, the intro to the track 5 a.m. Waltz, which is 
almost like hip-hop inspired Yeah, I think it flows really well across the record, and it, yeah, I I don't really have. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's not an album where I feel like you can pick out too much like individually because it's it kind of almost is like a whole, you know. It, no, yeah, you're right. It and, can be difficult difficult to talk about in that regard. It's like, yeah, you can't really do a track breakdown because that's not yeah. really what it's about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and it would be silly to do that. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say don't expect like a masterpiece or anything. But it was it was really cute and really nice, and I'll yeah. probably listen to this as like something when I need to chill out, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. If I if if I wanted to deep listen to something like this, I would probably look for something else. Um, yes. However, you know, there, there's there's enough there that it, I think it's worth pretty much anyone's time. Um, yeah, if absolutely. You, if you're interested in that, yeah, uh, it's definitely something I would recommend. But like, I wouldn't say like you know, sit down, good headphones, and be like, okay, what's going on here, you know? Uh, <laughs> that this, Yeah, it's it's a chill time. It's very nice. Mm. Uh, the only thing I, re I really wanted to add to that was um, just sort of, I think it, you know, really, it, it wears its heart on its sleeve when it comes to, like, yes. drawing, drawing inspirations from how it was produced. So um, I was looking into interviews for this one, and, uh, you know, the reason it's called Untourable Album is surprise surprise because they didn't think they'd be able to tour it yeah. uh so um but but that you sort of sets that sets a precedent and that you know it's clearly something they were thinking about and it sets a precedent for like how they're yeah. going to write the songs and how they're going to approach this because you know there's no point writing songs that are gonna yeah they're gonna the, sit in well in a live environment because yeah there aren't like crowd pleasers on this thing because there don't need to be, you know. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. Uh, yeah, that's a really, yeah, that's a really interesting way of, yeah, it's sort of taking advantage of the fact that they couldn't tour on this album, so you know, they're just gonna make the most of that and write songs in a way that they otherwise might not be able to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although apparently one of them got injured, and uh, that meant the album got delayed coming out, and so they are going to actually tour it now, which kind of kind of defeats the point. Uh, so Un the, the untourable <laughs> album tour—that's good. I like that. Uh, yeah, that is kind of yeah, yeah. I, can, I, I think that's a good one. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of happy to move on if you are. Um, awesome. Yeah. So let's do it. So the last record we want to want to talk about this week is the new Serpent Column EP. It's called Catartasis, and I think this is one that we were both very excited about. I mean, maybe I'm yeah, just yeah. speaking for myself, but uh, this this was a, a bit of a, like a surprise release. I think that was only like a week before between it sort of the the Bandcamp page appearing and it being released. Thank <laughs> you. 
So, I mean, we, we were talking about this beforehand, but Serpent Column is a very sort of nebulous project. I, I think they're, they're American, but I'm not quite sure. Uh, yeah, they are. Led yeah. by a guy called, who goes by Theophilos. Uh, it's not even really clear, like, how they exist as a band. Like, my understanding is that there are several members who write the material, and then Theophilos records them all himself, like, one-man style. Uh, but then some places seem to mention uh, Maya-chan as being the drummer on some of their stuff. I, I don't really know. But this 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 is a new EP by them. Uh, it's their sixth release in general uh, in like five years. And they they sort of seem to do like a thing where they release an album, then an EP, album, EP. Uh, so this is sort of following up uh, last year's album, uh, Cathodos. But I guess this is more of a sequel to... Uh, also, last year's uh, EP, Endless Detainment. So, I'm a massive fan of Serpent Column. I think they're one of my favorite black metal projects. Not just, like, recently, but maybe in general. Uh, I I understand. I think you're you're a fan of Serpent Column as well, right? <laughs> just Yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, was a huge, huge fan of Mirror and Darkness when it came out. Um, that yeah. was, like... I think that still stands as one of the best uh, metal albums I've ever heard. Uh, yeah, no, Mirror and Darkness is one of my favorite albums of all time, genuinely. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Endless, Endless Detainment as well, I thought was absolutely stunning. Um, yes. I really, really loved that. And so Cathodos, I didn't like as much. Um, yeah, I, 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 feel, I feel pretty similarly. I think, I don't even really know what it was about Cathodos, but it didn't... It it didn't scratch the same itch for me. It felt a little bit more hollow and not, uh, yeah. It 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 didn't quite, because I think in a vacuum it was still a very good album. But I think maybe because it wasn't as good as Mirror and Darkness and Endless Attainment, which I think are some of the best black metal releases of like in like decades. I think they're absolutely yeah. incredible. So, uh, yeah, I think maybe it was the you know. It wasn't quite as good as those. I was maybe a little bit disappointed with it. Uh, but so coming into this one, I was like, is this going to be, is it going to be sort of of a similar quality to the two previous records? Or is it going to be, you know, is it going to be a bit of a decline, you know, not as good? Uh, I mean, personally, I, I really enjoyed this. I think mm -hmm. it was, I, I've given it a couple lessons. I, say it's probably i feel similarly about this as like endless detainment as like okay, may, wow. possibly the second best stuff in column record personally okay uh, yeah yeah nice yeah uh i mean how, how how did you how did you feel about this just the sort of like an overview type thing before we get into like the meat of the record uh so what i will say is i don't feel like i've given this uh enough uh, listens to sure to you know, feel confident putting it um, at the level of the the two that I absolutely adore. Um, yeah. What I will say is that my first impressions of it. I mean, I've listened to it two or three times. I think um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. It's like it's just a really high quality black metal project. Um, yeah. There's no bells and whistles. They're not messing around or no. you know. Well. There, there's, you know, I think there's experimentation in there, but nothing compared to like the the exploration of first space has already been done. I yeah, think it's just I think there, it's just another great black metal album in that vein. 
yeah it, it feels like they're sort of fleshing out like the like the sonic world that they've built in the previous records i think maybe cathedos didn't do i think feel like maybe it didn't build on what the previous records did this very much feels like like endless detainment too but like done i think in a slightly better way in my opinion uh one thing i uh i did immediately notice about this album is well ep but one thing i did uh, immediately notice about this project was the uh the increase in production quality on this thing because right yeah yeah uh so honestly maybe my single only complaint that i could make about mirror and darkness as a as an album is that the production is a bit iffy in terms of the percussion mm, and yeah, yeah, yeah this this record is a lot more like drum focused and the percussion's a lot clearer in the mix and i think it allows them to play with some more interesting rhythms by sort of centering the 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 drumming in the music more because i mean they can they can get away with it on like mirror and darkness because the guitar work is so incredible and <laughs> so off the wall and just <laughs> yeah just like like nothing i've ever heard so you know but when this record is maybe a tad more like melodic than some of the the other releases. Yeah, I so, would definitely agree there. So in in doing that and maybe stepping back how dissonant it is, they're able to, I guess, sort of censor uh, like percussion more and create a more balanced sound. I think this is the like the best sounding Serpent Column record, mm. uh, which is I think very promising because. Yeah, as I say, I think that's the only small nitpick I could even have about uh, Mirror and Darkness. that's completely fair um and yeah i definitely agree that this was a it, it was almost like bringing back the uh the aggression and the madness of say like endless entertainment yep. level so um almost more contemplative in that way um, yeah where like it slowed down a bit and i mean i say slowed down it's still pretty yeah pretty, yeah pretty that, ball, that's to the wall but... that, that's that's the thing is that it's it's difficult because like you you kind of have to talk about Serpent Column albums in contrast to each other rather than like music in general mm-hmm. you know what I mean because it's like I could, uh, you know I'd say like Cathodos was like it was a bit more lethargic but it's still like incredibly fast and incredibly technical <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's and yeah, yeah. We, we mentioned about this but even let's track like Disobedience which sounds like it sounds like they've tried to speed run an entire black metal album in four minutes <laughs> like there's uh, there's so many riffs in such a short amount of time and they're played so quickly and on the back end you have this like uh this dissonant descending riff that's like maybe like i guess like my favorite like trope in this kind of black metal that kind of makes you feel like almost like you're you're about to fall over like it's a little bit mm. dizzying uh and yeah i mean this band is just 
it's just pure like it's just a pure like adrenaline shot uh yeah 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 absolutely we, we talked about like uh endless entertainment i think that and like the record street the uh, street sex record and position mm. are like my two like go-to for like if i need to listen to something to like get me pumped you know what i mean right yeah yeah car bomb uh, car, car bomb kind of fits that space for me as yeah, well yeah um, or like frontera or something like that I oh uh, yeah okay absolutely frontera but yeah i mean it's worth mentioning i guess we're sort of with respect to frontera. <laughs> we're, we're listening off a lot of ma- a, a lot of um a lot of math court bands so yeah I think that's like quite a, quite a key yes. for this yeah exactly um i think that is really what sets serpent column apart as a black metal project the fact that they take influence from mathcore in in that way because i think a, a lot of um a lot of more technical black metal records can approach it from maybe like a tech death kind of way but i i, I think approaching black metal from like technicality from a math course standpoint is honestly probably more effective because it allows you to have these bizarre like nonsense riffs and uh like uh like rhythms and stuff but mm-hmm. while still keeping that real aggression that's key to like creating a record like this and we, you mentioned about like frontera that who are like so one of the I, I i have you seen frontier alive before they are so like it's so in your face and so mm. like it feels like your skull's being cracked open you yeah, know? yeah 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 and... i saw them at um i saw them at arctangent uh oh awesome two years ago or something i think i think i'm sure they were playing the same year that carbon played as well um yeah i might, yeah. I might be wrong but yeah. yes yeah I, I yeah i i missed them at that arctangent but um, oh, yeah, I, I've good. I've seen them a couple times. They are they're right, fantastic. Nice. But back to uh, Serpent Column, I think only maybe a couple complaints with this. Like, I think the closer Vespa is pretty good, but I think it could have been maybe better served earlier in the track list because mm. the track Idlevice is, I think, <laughs> works way better as like a de facto closer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the longest track on the record. It's six and a half minutes long. I mean, it's nine tracks, twenty-four minutes, so it's pretty brief. Uh, <laughs> but that that was that was a that that was that was a track that really sort of reinforced to me that that there's that, like there's almost somewhere more for this project to go because we mentioned about some of the their previous records and. You listen to those those albums and they're so intense and they're so crazy mm. and they're so different from anything else that it almost feels like they've they've gone too far and they can't really <laughs> top it. You know what I mean? Because yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're almost like they pinned themselves into a corner a little bit. But with tracks like Idolvice that really emphasize a more melodic side to their sound and maybe slow things down a bit and relatively speaking, again, but uh, and sort of change things up with how they're writing songs says to me that this isn't just going to be a project that is going to put out sort of the same thing over and over again and i'm still going to be like hell yeah this rules because it's good you know (laughs) uh there's 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 like sort of more legs to what they're doing and they can change up their sound and really push on from here 
I, I don't know how how you felt about that, but for, for me, I felt that was like a really that was like a that was like an indicator that like okay, that there's still there's still a lot to come from this band. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's something I've thought about a lot with other bands as well. It's like this idea of you know when you make the most X album ever. Yes. Um, how do you? You know, how do you like make it even more extreme or more, yeah. or, or more whatever, whatever the adjective is. Um, yeah. And so, like, yeah, I think I think you're right. This this is a good way to sort of get out of that corner and to to explore that side a little bit more. Um. So, I, I mean, I I thought that entire end run at the end of this album was just like insane. Um, yeah. Cold Cold Fires uh, through to Edelweiss. Yeah, I think um, Cold Cold Fires might have had my favorite like riff on the whole thing. Right, I, I yeah, 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 fantastic. And even like the shorter tracks, like Subduction, it's fifty-one seconds long, but it, <laughs> it, it like in the first like ten minutes is the ten seconds. Sorry, it's got a real like sort of riff face moment where you're like, hell yeah, <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think my only um, I don't know, like my only remaining thing I want to talk about is just that I I'm upset that this band isn't well more, more well known. N- like uh, yeah I, of all I the of all agree. the shit dog shit trash black metal bands out there that get recognition and like these guys are flying under the radar or that this guy's fly, flying under the radar making some of the best stuff best stuff out there right now yeah i i um, absolutely yeah i absolutely agree i i think southern column is like uh yeah maybe my favorite like contemporary black metal outfit that are putting out new material and like mm. a vaguely new and yeah i i 100% agree i would really really like to see more people get into this band because it's so <laughs> it's just so insane i uh though i also did want to mention um is it's quite funny we're drawing a lot of parallels with frontier but you you mentioned about how sort of do you make another album that is so like after you've made an album that's like the most and i kind of felt that like on the frontier album unloved after like orange mathematics which is so insane and then they they kind of put out another album and it's kind of like the same thing and it's like okay that's cool but like Mm. yeah and there were parts on that like on catharsis where i was like okay i can see where they where they go from here like I, i was thinking maybe they sort of could even like incorporate more like an idm thing at some points right yeah 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 no I, that's yeah. that's that's a that'd whole be, other really cool. discussion about uh <laughs> about uh the math core band frontier uh but uh, i mean I, t- just yeah sorry do you, do you have any more oh yeah no sorry I, I was just gonna say um, i think another band that that sort of i've really felt that with is um uh, the armed uh so sure. the armed self the armed self-titled album is just like so balls to the wall insane and like it's just, it's amazing i absolutely love it um and yeah. then like you know they they sort of went into ultra pop and took a completely experimental weird weird approach and i think like that was probably the right decision for them yes so, yeah you're, you're being a bit I more think, experimental is cool yeah i i think you're you're absolutely right that uh i will i think it's it's always better to take that risk even if even if you you might come up with something that's not as good, I mean, because I mean, I I don't I maybe don't like Ultra Pop as much as the other the Arm records. Mm. Uh, I mean, I really really like Only Love. I think that the album's amazing, uh, but I, I'm glad they didn't do that again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I I'm kind of glad that Southern Column are 
hinting at a at a new direction because as we, as we sort of mentioned they're very prolific right their first album Onothi Falasa came out in 2017 they've now released mm-hmm. three albums and three EPs that's that's a lot that's a lot of music um so when you're releasing that much you, there's sort of a danger of just like churning out the same thing uh but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hopeful that, a, yeah, I, I think that the, the next Serpent Column record will really keep keep doing new stuff because I think they're a really, really unique band. Uh, the, mm. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think that there's no other real band that is doing the same thing as them. So, yeah. Listen to Serpent Colon. Listen to Mirror and Darkness. It's amazing. Please, yeah, please start with, start with Mirror and Darkness, and then check out the EPs, and then like if you like that, go go check out the other stuff. It's yeah, a, it's, the, it's so yeah, good. The the other t- I would say the other two albums are not as good, but the three EPs of Mirror and Darkness are some of the best metal of the last like few decades. Mm. They're, they're amazing. And if um, I catch if I catch anyone in a uh, in a mosh pit in a Burzum shirt, I will deck you. <laughs> so just a just a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah, I mean that, that's pretty much all I have to say about those records. If you got anything else you want to mention? Uh, no, no, I'm very happy. I'm very uh, very happy with uh, that little breakdown. Yeah, um, awesome. So do you, have you got any records you wanted to to mention that you're maybe looking forward to over over sort of the coming couple weeks that we might be sort of discussing on the next yeah absolutely um so well i think i think the main album that i think people should be uh looking out for is the uh new little sims album um it comes out next week i believe uh and i think it has the potential to be maybe one of the most interesting hip-hop albums uh of the year yeah um, especially based on the singles uh the singles i've seen so far are just like really really good uh so yeah very excited yeah i i have not listened to those yet but i as i say I usually I usually wait for the album to come out uh as i don't know if you said the album's called sometimes i might be an introvert i think it's out this friday actually yeah uh, it is yeah on the 3rd of september um yeah. i i thought gray area was fantastic and yeah i thought it, I thought it should have won the mercury prize uh, oh, them or, uh i i or i Mac i Mitty, so <laughs> i i absolutely agree i think she she was absolutely robbed <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I mean we, we we mentioned before about um uh being uh maybe a bit sort of disinterested in uk hip-hop because there's not as much interesting stuff going on one mm-hmm. of the one of the people who is doing really interesting stuff in uk hip-hop is little sims uh listen to gray area it's a really really great album uh yeah one one of my one of my favorite hip-hop records of the last few years i think it's it's fantastic yeah absolutely. um yeah so i mean that's also the main record i'm looking forward to of next week but i i thought i also ought to mention there's a new uh, low album a legendary slowcore uh legendary slowcore outfit from yeah they've been around for almost like three decades at this point uh new new ones called hey what i believe it's out next week yeah next friday 10th of september uh yeah i i, I don't i don't know what it's going to be i have a feeling it's going to maybe go away from what they did on the last record which was a bit more pop oriented I don't know. Did you hear Double Negative? 
Yeah, that was, yeah, I did hear that one. Um, I, I actually quite liked that one. Uh, you know, it's a very different style from some of their sort of classic, classic yeah. ones. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, such be... a, they're such a legendary band. I think pretty much anything they, they put out is worth a, worth a look. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I adore Double Negative. I think it's one of my, I think it's one of my favorite records from them. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what they do next. Uh, have you got any anything else you you wanted to mention that, that's coming up? No, I think that's it. I think those, yeah. those are the those are the two big ones. I mean, there's always a handful of small albums, and you know, we'll we'll sort of we'll yeah. <laughs> we'll be diving into them as we yeah. as we do. So yeah, I mean, I, I've got a few more just to mention the oh yeah, go for it. Uh, the upcoming releases on iVoid Hanger because I think they've had a bit of a break in releasing stuff recently. Uh, they're they're back after a few months um and i void hanger we've talked about them a few times before mm. on the show i think probably the best contemporary like underground metal label everything they put out is worth listening to or worth like seeing if you you'd be interested in they've got a new record from a band called defacement they've got a new record from a band called soul kia and a new split between they uh they con deton and uh vessel of inequality uh the uh, well, well again, handled <laughs> yeah i i I will be listening to all of those because it, i listen to anything that's on that label because they they put out weird stuff that's usually good <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah i i think that's that's all i had to mention if you if you have anything else you want you want to throw out there uh no that's it i think uh we're, we're sort of uh okay to wrap up if, if you're all done awesome yeah i mean Wow, it's good to be back. It's been <laughs> it's been a while. It's it been, a, been while. a rough. It's been a rough month for both of us. Yeah, um, it's it's but... been a real. It's been a rough month, but we're back. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm very happy about it. Yeah, fantastic. Um, awesome. So just just to just to wrap up quickly, um, you know, if you're listening and uh, you have a Twitter account and you like to get music information and uh, you know sort of see what we're up to on Twitter, uh, our handle is uh, modulat underscore io. Uh, we post all our episodes there and um, we sort of, you know, like while, while we were on a, a hiatus, um, Evan was uh, posting some really nice uh, sort of multi, multi-thread multi reviews of some albums that, that he was listening to, which is really cool. And, until I then got COVID as well. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so I, I started off with COVID and you, you uh, we we, yeah. Yeah, we live about 100 miles apart. So uh, uh, we sort of, we got unlucky and happened to get it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um and also our website so um uh you know the website is the the best place to to actually sort of get information about things we've talked about everything i i I keep a a list of all the interviews that we read uh and um you know albums that we're listening to and and albums that we mention sometimes i'll put those on there as well so uh you know the the best place to get links for those is is there which is uh modulat.io uh other than that i i think we're, we're good yeah thanks for listening well thanks for listening